Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. The universities of Wisconsin Board of Regents agree to cut DEI programming in exchange for UW pay raises and campus building projects. Madison plans to study adding Amtrak train routes to connect us with our neighbors. And an update on the elk who was traveling across Wisconsin looking for love. It's Friday, December 15th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's time. It's the Friday News Roundup. And I'm telling you, I got trains on the mind. Train tracks, academic tracks, and soundtracks. She's got a ticket to ride. And there is a lot to discuss today. I'm here with the newsletter conductor, Haley Sperling. Haley, choo-choo. (laughs) Choo-choo. Hi, Bianca. (laughs) Hello. I'm going to kick us off this week um, with... The major story in our state. It's a story we've all been following for months. The universities of Wisconsin Board of Regents struck a deal with the Wisconsin State Legislature this Wednesday, and it's to get UW employees pay raises and funding for the campus engineering building. And in exchange, they agreed to restructure diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI programming at UW. This deal is coming after the board just narrowly rejected the exact same compromise this past Saturday. They voted against this compromise nine to eight, uh, saying that the UW system will not sacrifice the system's commitment to DEI funding. Now, Less than five days later, a second vote has been had and the compromise was approved 11 to 6. The 34,000 UW employees who have been awaiting their state budget secured cost of living raises can breathe a sigh of relief, I suppose, and the investors to the creation of the new engineering building as well. Um, Those things have been secured uh, in exchange for dismantling... um, a good number of DEI initiatives at the UW. So this is a pretty significant win for Republican State Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, who's been outspokenly against DEI at UW. So it's a really big, big story. <laughs> huge, huge story. An $800 million story affecting more than 30,000 people in our state. And there's a lot of feelings around it. It's been billed as a compromise between the university system and Republicans in the state legislature. But is it really a compromise? I mean, like, the these raises and pay, like, that was already approved, you know? Like, these, these 
things that the university was fighting so hard for were not the issue. The issue was Republicans in our state government saying, I don't like the way you're doing your job and I'm going to tell you how to do it differently. Right. So this has definitely been a bitterly earned agreement, um, to say the least. I should say, you know, specifically what was agreed to happen, the big items in exchange for releasing the $800 million for raises, um, the UW Board of Regents have agreed to a staffing freeze for DEI staff um, through the year 2026 and refocusing around 40 positions focused on diversity. What happened in this vote that happened on Wednesday in a special meeting, three regents flipped their vote, um, including the board president, Karen Walsh. She said, quote, this is one of the toughest votes in memory, and it came at a time when our universities of Wisconsin campuses are being challenged like never before. Members of the Wisconsin Legislative Black Caucus, who did a presser a few hours before the vote to say in very explicit terms that this vote will hurt students. And earlier this week, Republican State Senate Majority Leader Devin LeMahieu said he agreed with Robin Voss's goals to get this diversity and equity and inclusion uh, dismantled <laughs> at UW. Um, he didn't agree with Voss's approach. He said that, you know, a lot of staff don't have anything to do with DEI choices and it was hurting. It was hurting folks for them to not get this approved raises. So, yes, a compromise, as it's being called, has been struck. Compromise, but then also like when when the regents first said no to the deal, Voss really doubled down and said, like, that's the deal. There is nothing else. You know, that to me does not signal a good partnership. That to me does not signal compromise. That to me does not signal a willingness to actually hear the arguments and complaints and concerns of the people that you are trying to reckon with. And I think that we will see the long-term consequences of this play out. Like in the short term, it's very flashy to kind of say like the Republicans are essentially cutting DEI. It's a realignment, quote unquote. What does that mean? You know, and I think that for what it's worth, like universities, especially at the UW, like they can still probably pursue a lot of their diversity goals despite the reclassification of these positions, you know, like, I think reorganizing DEI and whatnot, like, to me, that's not the end of the world. Um, and of course, like, I have a lot of blind spots in this subject, like, I'm a white woman, like, this is this is something that like, I can own up to and just say, like, this is my perspective. But with that said, you know, short term, whatever, things will change, people might get a new title, people might be reorganized, and there's not going to be as much hiring. But what concerns me is the long term implications of this, you know, like, absolutely, do does the university really not think that there's going to be fallout from this in the future? Like UW-Madison, for instance, has worked so, so hard to diversify its its classes. And like this year has been like one of the largest freshman classes ever. And it's also been one of the most diverse and like things are clearly working. And now it feels like we're taking a huge step backwards for any of the progress that's been made. And it's just like, okay, I guess we 
we sacrifice that progress for an engineering building, which is also desperately needed, you know? So it's, there are winners here and there are losers here and they're all the same people, you Mm. know? Yeah, I I wanna share a few more of the outcomes uh, from this agreement, which is uh, UW-Madison will end its target of opportunity program, which aims to recruit and hire more diverse faculty. Uh, The UW system will also support GOP legislation that will require campuses to automatically admit top academic performers from Wisconsin high schools. Um, So for UW-Madison, the top 5% of high school grads across Wisconsin will automatically, like, you're accepted into UW. And um, for other campuses, the top 10% of high school classes, like, you're automatically accepted. I think there's this... I thought that white students are are being treated unfairly and they're not going to get spots in these classes because of the UW system's dedication DEI. I want to note both the board president Walsh said, um, quote, I, I want to assure you that, that our commitment to students, faculty and staff of different races, creeds, religions, veteran status, socioeconomic status or political beliefs is a core value of the universities of Wisconsin. And this proposal does not put that in jeopardy. We're not turning away from this core value. I don't know how I I hear the words. I see the words. I read the words. I try to understand the words. And let, let's talk about that more on the other side. Uh, we've got to take a quick break before we get into more of this. Um, so stay tuned. So we left off our conversation about... Uh, the Universities of Wisconsin Board of Regents striking a deal with the Wisconsin State Legislature. um, And the deal includes restructuring diversity, equity, and inclusion programming at UW. Um, Last thing we mentioned was this quote um, from the president, the Regents Board President, um, who says, hey, we're still committed to DEI, and this proposal does not put that in jeopardy. I'm pretty it's, sure it uh... does. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been fighting for months to not make this agreement and also um, five days earlier uh, say that it does that and then now it doesn't. Like, I don't know. that. Just let's call it spade a spade. Like, you made the agreement. Yeah. they Like, I think they just have to, like, own up to it and deal with it. And again, just say, like, we sold this so we could get what we wanted. And, like, again, in... In the long term and in the short term, there are going to be both positive and negative consequences for lots of different people on campuses across the state, no matter how you spin it. I think this is one of those situations where I really, I mean, you can't change what happened, but like if I were a board of regent representative, uh, like I would really be looking towards like the affected groups on campus, you know, like the Black Caucus has spoken out against it. And like, Black students at UW have spoken out against this. And and, and people that are just saying like, we are nervous. We don't like this. Like, those are the voices I would really be listening to. Yeah. And this is also in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court overturning, you know, affirmative action and admissions earlier yes. this year. Yes. So I, I, you know, obviously it's hard for me to, you know, report this completely, you know, um, without sharing how I feel because I am, I've said it on the show before, I ha- am a benefactor of DEI programs. I got to the University of Madison and the one of the first early things I joined was Pathways and we had a group, we met together and it was like, how can we make sure that you you stay on campus and graduate. 
are, if you ask, you know, DEI advocates and the university, the, the goal is to be more welcoming to underrepresented groups. And, you know, there are stats about, as you said, this is one of the biggest freshman classes ever at the at least UW-Madison, and it's the most diverse ever. Um, there's stats that racial diversity is up, you know, in the UW system. Um, and white students still outnumber uh, students of color, color six to one. I think one of the biggest takeaways for this, for me anyways, too, is just like, if you cut out the words like diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, if you just went up to anyone and said, like, do you think people with whatever background should be given a chance to succeed? You know, like most people, uh, I think are going to say yes. But then when you put it in those words and say, like, do you think the university should, you know, value DEI, then people are just going to kind of freak out. It's just like one of those buzzwords. And and again, it's it's really the the vibes of this deal make me feel a little icky. And it is the long-term consequences that I am very nervous about and that I think we are going to see play out in, in very interesting ways. Uh, and who knows? Who knows where it'll go? I think that the university will still be able to accomplish a lot of its DEI goals, even with this deal. I just still think that because of this compromise whatnot like the dei work isn't just gonna stop so true haley we'll we'll be paying attention to what's coming up um a statement after the vote from robin voss was quote republicans know this is just the first step and what will be our continuing efforts to eliminate these cancerous dei practices on uw campuses so that is such that is such a statement to call DEI cancerous. That's that's a lot, but it's a lot of that's a note to that's a note to end on. Yeah, that's yeah. a note to end on. We've been thinking about tracks, academic tracks. Let's let's uh change gears here and, and switch tracks to talk about trains. Trains <laughs> There's some good news in our Hamlet. What's going on? Really? Yes, <laughs> switching gears into some good news for our state and our city. Um, Wisconsin, the state itself, will receive a total of $2.5 million in federal funding to study the expansion of passenger rail between Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. So that's super, super exciting. Um, this money comes from um, the federal government. It is grant money, which is very nice. And it will help cover four Wisconsin DOT proposals, um, which include expanding uh, Amtrak's current Hiawatha service from Milwaukee to Green Bay, increasing the number of round trips for the Hiawatha line, adding more round trips from Milwaukee to the Twin Cities, and most importantly, at least personally, uh, adding Madison and Eau Claire to the route from Milwaukee to the Twin Cities. So this is super duper exciting and something that a lot of people have been waiting for for a very, very long time. Um, and so in terms of like what this actually looks like, uh, Madison, we're getting, I think, roughly like $500,000 to study where to put 
this train station. And so if you guys will recall, like Put it this right is in front really... of my apartment, please. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> like, please, like I will deal with the noise. I literally, <laughs> I live right outside the train tracks. I hear them all the time. It's fine. Um, like this, this is something that like the city's been, been planning for a little while um, because uh, back in December, 2022, the city started planning how it would use federal money um, for these types of projects. And now it has the federal money for these projects, which is super exciting. Um, so it's all kind of like it, pieces of this larger puzzle that are slowly but surely getting put together um, over these past couple of years. Um, and so one of the pieces being like the corridor identification program, which is like the larger program, and then the station studies, which is now what the city is working on these days. So if you'll recall, or if not, the city is currently deciding between six different locations to build a potential Amtrak station in Madison. Um, and so I'm just going to list them off right now. Um, the first one would be over by the airport, they're all pretty much concentrated on the northeast and downtown Madison. Okay. Um, so first one being airport. Makes sense. Airport, travelers, people are coming in, going, where are they going? Doesn't really matter. Uh, the second one, the Oscar Mayer plant. So kind of, again, over on the east side, there's a lot of big empty space out there. Uh, the third location is First Street. It's kind of like the intersection of like East Wash and First Street. Oh my God, everything uh, is, is going there. It Literally, I was just Y'all. about to say, I was like, <laughs> this corner is literally exploding with development. And like, I live near there and I love that. And not like I wouldn't be excited to see a train station there, but also I'm just like, how? Like yeah. physically, where are you going to put it? I don't, I don't know. And also there's a lot of traffic. Engineers, we're calling you. Right. Good thing they're getting a new, new building. building. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the first street. And then there's a quote unquote near east option, which is kind of um it's a little bit west of Fair Oaks Avenue, kind of between like Milwaukee Street and Fair Oaks. Uh, and then there's a downtown option that's kind of would be over by like the Monona Terrace area. And then the farthest west that we get is like campus area. So like kind of over on like University Ave. Um, so those are like the six spots that the city is considering right now and that the city has been considering. Um, and like the next step in this process is everyone's favorite. And that's public meetings. Woo! So... Yay! If you have thoughts about trains, and I'm sure you do because you live in Madison, Wisconsin, and everyone loves to talk about trains, um, come to one of these public meetings. Uh, the dates haven't been announced yet, uh, and I'm sure once once they do, you will find them in your daily dose of Madison Minutes, uh, which you can subscribe to if you're not already, my daily morning newsletter from CityCast. Um but the meetings are probably going to be early next year, January or February. And this will be like super, super important because if there's one thing that the city of Madison likes to do, it's it loves to survey people. It loves to listen to its community. Uh, so if you do go to a public meeting, like you can know that your voice is being heard and that you can have an impact on huge local investment and potentially, you know, future 
future infrastructure changes and whatnot. So this is all very exciting. Yes. Bianca, what do you think of trains? (laughs) What do I think about trains? Choo-choo. Pretty much obsessed. And I feel like... (laughs) I remember the whole, it was felt like a gut punch back when, um, of course, maybe for, not for some, but I feel like for a lot of people, the, when there was um, a discussion of a train that would include us and Scott Walker said, ah, we don't need this. So, and then, oh, and then yes. we started hearing, it was like, wait, no, don't leave us behind. Um, former Governor Scott Walker um, was like, okay, well, I guess all my friends in Chicago and uh, Minneapolis will be able to get to each other via fast train but our state doesn't need it and it's like no like a lot of us really want it so (laughs) yeah scott walker said actually no thanks um and that that story is a full saga that we don't have time to get into on this little podcast but if you do want to take a deep dive into the the saga of the passenger rail that wasn't in Wisconsin. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend the derailed podcast from Wisconsin public radio. They did like a multi-episode deep dive into exactly this subject. Um, And I, I burned through it in like two days. It's really good. It's really good. um, And very informative. I love it. We'll Well post a link. We'll post a link, and um, before we go, we have an update to a story. <laughs> I'm going to let you do it, Haley. I'm so sorry. Things that get in front of trains um, yeah. and cars. <laughs> yeah, planes, trains, and automobiles. So, yeah, Bianca, like you mentioned, we have an update to a story that I got to share a couple weeks ago now. And so if if you recall, there was an elk that was spotted in Dane County. And everyone's like, wow, look at this elk. That's pretty neat. You don't really see that around here. And it turned into this like whole viral story. The elk went, you know, went viral on Facebook or something. And it turns out, you know, it it was mating season and he's looking for love. And he came down to Dane County and uh, he didn't find it in Dane County. Uh, You know, and everyone, it was just at least like for me, I was like, that's nice. You know, he's on a hunt for love and like traveling the state and just figuring it all out and just being a world traveler and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but we got an update on our boy. Uh, and it turns out that you should not be looking for love on the interstates of Illinois uh, because you might get a little too close to a semi truck and your search will be over. And that's exactly what happened to our poor boy. Uh, bull elk number 357 uh, got a little close contact with uh, a semi truck on the interstate and met his untimely demise. So we are very unhappy with this news. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a true like Shakespearean tragedy, like ending to this story. I we we first got an email from someone who was like, you might want to look into this because I think the elk died. And I just like <laughs> no, audibly just like groaned <laughs> because <laughs> I had, <laughs> I relate to him so much. And honestly, him getting smashed by a semi truck in Illinois. Like, yeah, I relate to that too. Like if this is how it's going to end, this is how it's going to end going out with a bang rather than a whimper. Also Um, gotta say trains are safer than cars. 
True. That's the so plug. true. That's the if plug. he had been on a train, this would have never happened. <laughs> never happened to our boy. Um, yeah, you know, it's a story of love. It's a story of loss. Hopefully it'll turn into a story of perseverance. Um, we're all still looking for love. Some of us in better places than others. And uh, I don't know what the moral of this story is. I think it's just to kind of know that life is fleeting and temporary and you got to grab it while you can. Absolutely. And I love that you turned it into a story of perseverance. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end um, this week's Friday News Roundup. Is to he didn't all... die for nothing. He didn't. he didn't die. He died for this podcast. He died no. for this podcast. <laughs> he died for love. He, you know, he made himself vulnerable, and yes, that, he's he's courageous. So yes, R.I.P. Yes. And thank you, sir, for giving us so much, so much. Truly, forever <laughs> in our hearts, this podcast goes out to Bull Elk everywhere. Yes. So until next time, thank you so much for joining me, Haley Sperling, our newsletter conductor. It's been a wild ride, Bianca. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin, your host. Molly Sense is your executive producer. This week, we're produced by Molly Stentz, Alexandra McMahon, AKL Moman, Lizzie Goldsmith, and me. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. Our newsletter editor is Haley Sperling. You can also get more news delivered to you right in your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter, Madison Minutes. And hey, if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this episode with your favorite hopeless romantic? The one who'd walk 1,000 miles? just to see you tonight. <laughs> see you back here Monday morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, have a good weekend. <laughs>